It was so lovely to meet you, though. I wish we might talk longer. She said this with the greatest sincerity and touched his arm lightly, giving him a pleasant sensation in the pit of the stomach. The idlers were now placing wages on the reappearance of the drowned pirate, though by the looks of things, none of them had two groats to rub together. Two to one, he's still there when the tide goes out. Five to one, the body's still there, but the head's gone. I don't care what you say about the grisly bits, Lem, that there head was just a hanging by a thread when this last tide come in. Next one'll take it, sure. Hoping to drown this conversation out, William embarked on an elaborate farewell, going so far as to kiss Mrs. Mackenzie's hand with his best court manner, and, seized by inspiration, kissed the baby girl's hand too, making them all laugh. Mr. Mackenzie gave him rather an odd look, but didn't seem offended, and shook his hand in a most republican manner, playing out the joke by setting down his son and making the little boy shake hands as well. Have you killed anybody? The boy inquired with interest, looking at William's dress sword. No, not yet, William replied, smiling. My grandsire's killed two dozen men. Jimmy. Both parents spoke at once, and the little boy's shoulders went up around his ears. Well, he has. I'm sure he's a bold and bloody man, your grandsire, William assured the little boy gravely. The king always has need of such men. My grandad says the king can kiss his ass, the boy replied matter-of-factly. Jimmy! Mr. Mackenzie clapped a hand over his outspoken offspring's mouth. You know your grandad didn't say that, Mrs. Mackenzie said. The little boy nodded agreeably, and his father removed the muffling hand. No, granny did, though. Well, that's somewhat more likely, Mr. Mackenzie murmured, obviously trying not to laugh. But we still don't say things like that to soldiers. They work for the king. Oh, said Jemmy, clearly losing interest. Is the tide going out now? He asked hopefully, craning his neck toward the harbour once more. No, Mr. Mackenzie said firmly. Not for hours. You be in bed. Mrs. Mackenzie smiled at William in apology, her cheeks charmingly flushed with embarrassment, and the family took its leave with some haste, leaving William struggling between laughter and dismay. Boy, Ransom! He turned at his name to find Harry Dobson and Colin Osborne, two second lieutenants from his regiment, evidently escaped from duty and eager to sample the flesh pots of Wilmington, such as they were. Who's that? Dobson looked after the departing group, interested. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mackenzie, friends of my father's. Oh, married, is she? Dobson sucked in his cheeks, still watching the woman. Well, make it a bit harder, I suppose, but what's life without a challenge? Challenge? William gave his diminutive friend a jaundiced look. Her husband's roughly three times your size, if you hadn't noticed. Osborne laughed, going red in the face. She's twice his size. She'd crush you, Dobby. And what makes you think I mean to be on the bottom? Dobson inquired with dignity. Osborne hooted. What's this obsession of yours with giantesses? William demanded. 
He glanced at the little family, now nearly out of sight at the end of the street. That woman's nearly as tall as I am. Oh, rub it in, why don't you? Osborne, who was taller than Dobson's five feet, but still a head shorter than William, aimed a mock kick at his knee. William dodged it and cuffed Osborne, who ducked and shoved him into Dobson. Gentlemen. The menacing cockney tones of Sergeant Cutter brought them up sharp. They might outrank the sergeant, but not one of them would have the nerve to point this out. The entire battalion went in fear of Sergeant Cutter, who was older than God and approximately Dobson's height, but who contained within his diminutive physique the sheer fury of a full-sized volcano on the boil. Sergeant? Lieutenant William Ransom, Earl of Ellesmere, and senior of the group, drew himself up straight, chin pressed back into his stock. Osborne and Dobson hastily followed his lead, quaking in their boots.